This is the best, most fun I have ever, ever, ever had on a podcast. This is a hit. I'm Jesse Cole, your host of Business Done Differently, where we get to meet successful people who look at business differently and we get to know them in a different way. For me, you should be able to summarize what your business is all about, what pain you solve, and who you solve that pain for on the back of a napkin. Too many times when I ask people, Jesse, so what does your business do? They give me this long, godly gook of an explanation, and I forgot after three seconds what they were to do. It's got to be that simple because remember, people will pay more for painkillers, Jesse, than they will for vitamins. Barry Moltz is a member of the Entrepreneurship Hall of Fame, been on MSNBC, CNN, NPR, and he's the host of the Business Insanity Talk Radio, author of five books, including How to Get Unstuck and the new book coming out, Small Business Hacks, 100 Shortcuts to Success. Excited to have you on the show, Barry. Thanks for, thanks for uh, having me on the show and being here. I'm glad I'm in the Entrepreneurship Hall of Fame because being Jewish, I know I'd never be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, so <laughs> i got to get somewhere. Excellent. Hey, well, I want to get to know you in a different way and get to know what you're doing. I want to go back to high school and this first segment, The Breakfast Club. What group were you a part of back in high school? Were you the athlete, the nerd, the outsider, the popular kids? You know, What were you a part of and how did that impact you? I would say I was definitely the nerd and the outsider, and and, and it, it, it was really difficult for me because I wasn't really good at sports, so I had a different strategy. I became the photography editor on my high school yearbook, therefore people started to talk to me because they wanted me to take their picture, and they wanted their picture in the yearbook, and that worked out really well. Wow. So you started taking pictures of them, so you almost became like a reporter. How has that impacted you going into your professional career? Well, I, re I, I duplicated that in, uh, in college, and now I figure that if I'm the one reporting on it, people have to invite me to events. <laughs> They'll have a choice. <laughs> so, so yeah, let, let, let's dive into that. You know, the story of your life. Story of my life. You know, obviously I mentioned the, the highlights in the intro. You know, what part of your story, you know, am I missing that you actually took what you learned going in high school to now? Well, you know, listen, when I graduated college, it was a very long time ago in a universe very far away. It's 1981. Um, I got a job with IBM a week after I graduated from college. I moved to Chicago and I go, great. I want to be president of IBM. I bought my blue shirt, my blue suits, my white shirts, and that's what I wanted to do. But then after 10 years, I had a boss who had sales contests where first prize was lunch with him. And I always said to him, well, George, what's second prize? Two lunches with you? So I kind of got sick of that. So I went off and I started my own businesses. And that really got me on this roller coaster where I am today. So yeah, I mean, you know, people have heard your story, but you started the businesses and they didn't work out as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, the first business, I went out of business. Second business, I got kicked out of business. So it was a rocky road. All right. So you finished those businesses. And just so you understand the story, then you somehow became the unstuck guy. What does that mean? Yeah, I think that, you know, in 1999, when I sold my last business, uh, my wife said to me, well, you know, if you want to stay together, uh, let's not have any more businesses. Go do something else for 10 years. So I started writing books and speak. Uh, and then I was trying to figure out what I'm really going to focus on. And so... Your friend and mine, a colleague of ours, Mike McCallowitz, I said, Mike, would you help me with my brand? So I flew out to see Mike for a day, and we talked about how I help various customers. He said, you know, 
You really help people get unstuck. You're the unstuck guy. You help me people move forward because they're in a business, they have some success, but they're not where they really want to be, and you help them get to that next level. So, so I want to unpack that, Barry. You know, obviously in your books, How to Get Unstuck, you have 25 ways to get your business growing again. But you know, that's what we do with our business. It's we're always thinking how to stand out, how to be different, how to be unique. You know, what are some very practical ways that someone that's business can be unstuck? I think the biggest problem, Jesse, that people really have is that they only do marketing when they have no sales. And then as soon as they have sales, they get busy and they stop doing marketing. So people get caught in what I call a double helix trap where they're only doing one or the other. You have to put together some kind of systematic marketing process where you're always doing marketing even when you're busy with sales so your pipeline always stays full. So now I guess I'm trying to understand that because I would feel like you always need to market, which sounds obvious, but I mean, are there examples? So give me an example, like a company, they're just selling, but they're not doing marketing. I'm just unfamiliar with this. Right, so, so, so what happens is someone, let's say, is a, they're, they're a handful of people, right? And they're going out, they're trying to attract this new customer. And then they actually do attract this new customer and they go off to execute that contract. What happens is, since they're so busy, they have no time actually to market to get to the next customer. So it's all this feast and famine kind of thing. And that's very common in very small businesses. So how have you been able to use this in, in your business? You know, now obviously speaking, writing, how are you combining the two? Well, what I do is I actually have a marketing process, so I do a couple different things. One is I constantly have a content email marketing campaign where on a weekly basis I'm reaching out to people in a scheduled manner and telling them things that they care about that I'm an expert in. So for example, how to attract customers to your business, when to hire your first employee, how to be more productive, how to manage your cash in your business. So I'm focusing on those things on a weekly basis as well as using a social media management tool that is constantly going out there and putting content out on the various types of sites and interacting with those conversations. So it's very much planned using the tools that are out there and not just haphazard. I don't say, well, I feel like sending an email today or well, God, I wonder what's going on on Twitter. I don't do that kind of stuff. It's very, very planned. All right, yeah, I, I want to I dive into that because anybody that's starting any business or starting you know, a personal brand, it's very difficult to build content and build this system. So how do you start? How did you start? Because you have so much that's going out. You're, I'm sure you're not every day producing tons of content. How did you build it? Well, you know, it's a really good question because remember, you just don't have to write your own content. You can actually have content curated for you and see what everybody else is talking about and pass that on. But I'm very fortunate enough that I have a lot of customers that actually pay me to write content for them so I can share the content that I'm being paid to write. So it actually works out really well, Jesse. So, so that, is, that is sales and marketing. So if you can get people pay you to actually market yourself, it's a win-win. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that. All right. Now, the big thing, this whole show is, is business done differently. It sounds like you've had a very crazy story of building to where you are now, but you've got a great funnel, great system. But I want to go into different strokes. Different strokes, different strokes to move the world. And the segment, you know, what's one thing you think very differently in business than others? 
Um, what I think very differently in business than others, I'm a very much of a tactful kind of guy. What are we going to do to get customers in the door tomorrow? A lot of folks want to build this great product, and then they think, well, if I build the best product, they're going to come. You know, probably one of your, you know, ba favorite baseball movies, right, Jesse? Feel the dreams. Mm -hmm. Just because you build it, they're going to come. It just doesn't happen. You have to go out and you have to go to customers and see if they'll actually buy something. What I try to do is I try to convince a customer to buy something first and then I'll build it or then I'll figure out how to do it. But I'm really think I want to see is the customer going to put their money down. So I'm much more of a guy where I might plan something, but I really want to get the customer to buy first before I spend a lot of time in creating the most best singing and dancing product that's out there. <laughs> Can you give me an example of this? I mean, we're going so fast. It's unbelievable material. I just give me an example of something you, you do that, that this way. Well, well. So, for example, when uh, you know, when when I had my business, uh, when we were distributing software, this is uh, in the late '80s. Uh, a very large customer came in and said, "You know, I just want to make sure that you have a big enough warehouse and you have better enough process that you can handle uh, the upgrade that I want to ship to my customers." Right. So they came in, and we had. A pretty good sized warehouse, but it didn't have a lot of stuff in it. But for that day, we set up all these different boxes to show that it was really busy and we were processing all these non-existent orders, right? So we showed that we could do it and then we got the job. We actually put the infrastructure in actually to get it done. Love it. Outstanding. All right. I want to move into small business hacks, uh, 100 shortcuts to success. Obviously, the book, when's the book released? Uh, January 18th, okay. 2018. January 18th. So to give us a, you got to give us a few, a couple that really stand out to you. You know, 100 shortcuts. What are some yeah. that you're like, this is going to be immediately used by companies? Yes. Yeah, so, so one of the things that, that I really like is what I call the ABC strategy. You know, Jesse, we've had a lot of times where you meet with a customer or you're in touch with a customer. They say they're going to do business with you and then you never ever hear from them again. Yep. So either how do you get them to respond or how do you just let go so you can move on to the next customer? So there's a strategy called A, B, or C. You send a very simple email to this prospect that says, please reply A, B, or C. And then you write in the email, A, I'm, 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 I'm busy, please get back to me in a month. B, I'm no longer interested. Three, uh, C, call me right away. Thank you. And I will tell you, 90% time, you get back an email, A, B, or C. It's that simple. And what I like about this thing is, it. of course, you want them to say they're going to work with you. But if they don't work with you, you want to get that answer to the no, so it releases you to go work with other people. What holds people back in businesses, they've got this great prospect that they think is going to do business with them. But guess what? They forgot a long time ago, and they're never, ever doing business with you. So if you can get an A, B, or C response, it will supercharge your sales. That's brilliant. So let me, let me kind of summarize that. Does that mean basically you're trying to get the no almost as fast as possible? Yeah, I, I really think a no, quite honestly, is much more important than a yes. That's really, that, that's really critical. Okay, that's great. Is there another one that you can share? Because it sounds like this is going to be a great book for all small business owners. Well, I think we, we talk a lot about how to manage cash flow because one of the things that small businesses are really bad is they're really bad at looking how much cash they have on hand. Because as you know, uh, in your business, you really can't pay people with receivables, right? <laughs> you can't pay them with promises. The players aren't going to show up if you're not going to pay them, right? Yep. So one of, the, one of the hacks in the book is really to take a look at every single month. I mean, if you don't ever read a cash flow statement, that's fine. Pull out your bank statement every single month. Did you have more or less cash in your bank account? 
at the end of the month and the beginning of the month, and that will tell you whether you're cash flow positive or cash flow negative. If you're cash flow positive, that means, hey, I got more cash at the end of the month than the beginning of the month. If I'm negative, I've got less. And if you're negative, that could be a problem if you don't have significant savings. Outstanding. All right, Barry, I want to go into deets about the tweet. You talk about, obviously, the funnel you got going. You got so many things happening. You are have a very, very strong Twitter game. And I love this tweet you said, why your small business plan should fit on the back of a napkin. Unpack that for us. For me, you should be able to summarize what your business is all about, what pain you solve, and who you solve that pain for on the back of a napkin. Too many times when I ask people, Jesse, so what does your business do? They give me this long, gobbly gook of an explanation, and I forgot after three seconds what they were to do. What pain do you solve? I help people get stuff. Who do you help? I help establish small business owners. That's it. It's got to be that simple because remember, people will pay more for painkillers, Jesse, than they will for vitamins. All right. Explain that. People think about what painkillers, what pharmaceutical drugs go for in this country versus how much vitamins off the shelf go for. And that's really your answer, right? (laughs) People will pay a lot more to solve a pain than to kind of, you know, just kind of supercharge them and go along slowly. But if you can solve their pain, so for example, why are why can U.S. colleges charge as much money as they want? Now, congratulations, I know you're having your first kid. You're gonna find this out soon enough. They can charge anything they want because the pain they're solving, Jesse, is they, they promise you that your kid is gonna have a better life if you send them to their college and you'll pay anything for that to happen. Okay, so it's almost building, which is tough to look at it like this, but it's almost building in fear. Well, a lot of things we do out of fear. We, we love to do a lot of things to get distracted, to get entertained. You know, why do people come to baseball games, right? They want to be entertained. They want to stop for a moment to think about their life, to feel sorry for themselves, right? Or they want to use it as a focal point for socialization to add to your life. So they are relieving their pain. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. That makes so much. All right, I want to jump into the Business Insanity Talk Radio. You're coming up on 500 episodes. That's right. We did 456 today. We're coming on. Only eight years it took. <laughs> All right, there's there's a lot of lessons in there. Obviously, you basically just talked about patience, but how does someone know when to push through? Because, I mean, the, the average podcast dies at seven episodes, I heard. Yeah. How, how did you know to push through? Um, I guess I didn't know to stop. Um, I think just like anything else, I enjoyed it. I had passion for it. I liked interviewing people, learning about what they had to say. And then every once in a while, you get an interview that you should never, ever get. It's way above your pay grade. And then a lot of people listen to it and encourage you for the next thing. And then people say, well, guess what? I pay to sponsor your radio show. And you go, oh, wow, I can actually sell advertising this thing. That's pretty good. And it just, you know, it just steamrolls and gets it gets bigger but the other thing jesse is you got to be organized because i will tell you every two weeks i go into the studio we have to talk with 15 different guests that is not easy to arrange you've got to have a booking producer that is totally on top of it you've got to have good sound that means you're probably going to be in a radio studio and then you have to have someone that's going to listen to all the episodes and push it out on social media and get back to all the people you interviewed so they push it on social media there's a lot of process and systems that go into it the easy part jesse is actually doing the interview oh 100 i couldn't agree more now what, what i'm blown away is is 
you've had all those interviews, all that insight, all those ideas. I mean, I've already had, you know, 20, 30 interviews and I've had so many aha moments from these talks yeah. with like Larry Wingen and Randy Pennington and, you know, just great people. What were some that really have stood out to you over the years? God, that's a really uh, that's a really tough question. I tell you, one thing that's really stood out to me is that there's really, and, and, and I'm going to be totally honest with you here, there's probably only a half a dozen to a dozen people that are truly innovative and who I think is really brilliant. Most people uh, just are not great at expressing their ideas or their ideas are really not original, right? So, for example, one of the guys they interviewed was Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you know who Tim is. Yeah, 100%. You know, the five-hour work week. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy that really pushing the outside the envelope. And I believe he really has innovative, you know, very, very innovative ideas. And I think there's very few people that I interview that are like that. I will also tell you that the people that I have found most interesting are not necessarily the famous people, but really guys like me and you that are really just trying to connect with other people and help small business owners. Mm -hmm. And you know, you mentioned Tim, and I think one of the things about him was his constant curiosity. And I think that shows a lot about you and people that are putting on shows and learning, and you, even you as a reporter back in high school. It's that constant curiosity and how people are doing things better and more efficient and successful. And I'm wondering for you, is there a certain curiosity that you have in your life right now to find out more information about something? Yeah, I mean, I mean, a particular, a particular focus. Yeah, is there something that really is making you curious these days? Well, I mean, what's making me curious because of what's the news going on is what is really the meaning of the truth, right? And how do we present truth in business and our personal lives? And how is it really used in marketing? So that's really gotten me uh, very interested because this whole idea of fake news, there's always been persuasive marketing. But I thought that the Internet would bring people together and they'd be able to rally around one truth. But now with the Internet, everyone has their tribes and anybody can have a truth. So that's really what's been very fascinating to me and a topic that I've been pursuing. Definitely. And the perfect segue for our first game, Truth and Dare. Just do it! Barry, which one would you like first? <laughs> do I have to kiss you, do I? <laughs> I don't know if that'll work through the internet, but let, let's see. Let's see. Uh, that won't be the dare. Which one would you like first? Uh, I'll do the dare, of course. All right. I will give you an option here. You can either do any celebrity impersonation, anyone that you want, or you can do a sing in the blank where you finish the song lyrics on one song. God, um, I'll try to do Sing in the Blank because I usually don't get to be able to sing on the radio, so I'd like to do that, please. <laughs> All right, let's for hundred for a hundred dollars. Yeah. All right, let's hope you know this one. We're going old school a little bit. All right. I don't know the rest of the thing, but that's Joan Jet. Yes. All right. Perfect. Excellent. How did you feel no, singing no, no, that? Jesse, no, Jesse, I didn't do the I didn't do the impersonation because everybody I try to impersonate turns out to be an old Jewish man, so I'm just not good at it. <laughs> yeah, maybe people want to know those that well. But no, but thank you for doing the Joan Jet. I love rock and roll. You have passed the dare segment. There so, you go. So now I'm going to go into. We talked about this a little earlier when you're talking about people that are stuck and you know they're holding back in their business. What's holding you back today? I think what typically holds me back is that to change, if you've had a lot of success, to keep reinventing yourself and doing something new and different that will keep engaging your passion. Because I believe that every couple of years, you've got to force yourself to do something 
absolutely new, and that's what I'm trying to do now. It's brilliant. You know, earlier today I was interviewing Mark Sanborn, the uh, author of Fred Factor. Yeah, I love Mark. He's brilliant. Brilliant speaker. And he was talking so much about reinvent yourself. I mean, that's a big part of Fred Factor and what he believes in. And it's such a challenge. And he says everyone should do it, whether you're working at a register at McDonald's, constantly reinventing yourself. And my question to you is, how are you reinventing yourself? Yeah, and I think and also I want to say something about Mark Sandberg. I don't know if you know, there's actually Fred water that he didn't re- he didn't create. But you can actually buy Fred bottles of water, which is really fantastic. (laughs) Um, I think also somewhere along the line, Jesse, the the universe tells you you have to reinvent yourself because somewhere along the line, what you've been doing for a very long time Mm -hmm. isn't really working. So the way that I've been reinventing myself is as I get older, I can't spend every week like I do on an airplane. So I'm trying to reinvent myself by being able to put myself out on videos, webinars, various uh, courses where people take advantage of what I have to offer and they don't necessarily see me in person. That's what I've been working on. Oh, that's great. All right, I want to go into hidden gem. You've worked with a lot of businesses. You've talked to a lot of businesses. What's a business story that maybe we don't know or a company that's doing something pretty extraordinary? You want a specific example? If you have one. Yeah, so one of the things, one of the uh, companies that I'm working with now that I think is really doing something extraordinary, it's a company in Brooklyn called Ben's Garden. Now, Ben's a very interesting kind of guy. He's actually in his early 30s, and he started this business when he was eight years old. And it was really a business about decoupage, where it was a home gift business where he would put maps or other colorful things on plates, and he would sell them as gifts to his parents' friends. And he got so interested in that that He's been doing that for, I don't know, you know, 20 some odd years, uh, has a bunch of stores in uh, in New York, sells wholesale through Nordstrom's and Dillard's and now is opening up a store in Soho, New York wow. and has been frequently on Martha Stewart's show. Here's a guy who had a passion since he was a little boy really to bring fun gift items, inspirational gift items, really to people to put in their homes so it would be unique and they could say something very special about the place they live. So he's really a great success story. Awesome. And on that, I'll move into now that's what I call service because I ask this question a lot, you know, what's a service, customer service experience that really stands out for them? And a lot of guests, they don't have much. Do you have one, whether it's a restaurant or some type of service experience that stands out for you recently? Listen, I wrote a whole book on customer service. So I've got bad ones and I've got good ones. One of the stories I always uh, tell in uh, in the book is we used to go to this restaurant uh, that one of my sons really liked. And they were actually out of the uh, pita bread that he liked. He was very upset. He comes to this restaurant only for the pita bread. And I told the uh, server that, oh, God, Daniel's not going to have his pita bread. She actually talks to the manager. The manager gets on the phone to the other location. A guy puts a case of pita bread in a taxi, sends it over to this location. And once you know it, Daniel, for his dinner, he actually had pita bread. Oh, that's awesome. Love it. Excellent. All right. I want to go to tool time. What's a tool that you're using in your business that maybe people don't know about that helps you be successful? Well, I've just been recently using a new tool out there called Viral Tag. And what Viral Tag does, it helps to manage the library of all your social media shares. Now, it just doesn't help you schedule your shares on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or uh, Instagram. It actually builds a library for you, and you can segment that library, and you can tell it how often to pull from that library. So it enables you to actually put together a whole treasure trove of information that you want to share randomly or scheduled 
across all your social media feeds. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. All right, uh, Barry, you are now going to become the host for one question. It's called Flip the Script. So you can ask any question you want to on Business Done Differently to me. So how do you think that having your first child is going to change the way that you and your wife run your business? <laughs> how can I even guess that? Everyone I've told you have no idea how your world is going to change when you have a kid, but I can only expect that it's going to make it chaos. Let's put it this way. We are actually considering making the visiting dugout a nursery. And even during the season when the players show up, they're going to see this entire nursery as they're visiting clubhouse. Not the dugout, the clubhouse will be a nursery. So we're going to have our baby's going to be a part of the ballpark. It'll be the first banana baby of the season. So we're, they're going to get used to the running around. But uh, I don't know how anybody could ever answer that question until they have one. So good luck well, to I, you. I, I, yes, good luck to you. And I think that the way you'll have to get you, their business will change is you have to get used to working when you're really, really tired. <laughs> I can only imagine. All right, Barry, on to favorite things. Oh, boy. Favorite part of your morning god the favorite part of my morning is really when i read the sports section of the local newspaper i really like that because it gets my mind away from what's really going on in the world oh, outstanding all right favorite way to unwind at the end of the day uh so my my two my three guilty pleasures are i love massage i love biking and i love karate <laughs> so you mix in all of those Oh, well, yeah. Now, I, I just recently started drinking alcohol again, so I kind of like that as well. <laughs> okay. All right. Favorite restaurant? Uh, favorite restaurant. Um, there's many of these restaurants uh, all over the country. It's called True Foods. It's kind of a high-end natural foods restaurant. They have them in you know, Chicago and the Arizona area. What makes it awesome? I think it's just good, fresh food, really at a reasonable price, and I know it's always going to be healthy. Awesome. All right, this is a tough question for any avid uh, learner, but favorite book or a book that stands out? Oh, God, a favorite book. You know, I, I love uh, Tim Sanders' book, Love is the Killer App, yes. because I think that he was way ahead of his time, because that's really what we're all doing now is trying to share the love, and it really works in business. Oh, that's outstanding. All right, and a favorite podcast that you may listen to? Um, favorite podcast listener. I have to tell you, I listen every single day to the uh, New York Times, The Daily, because it keeps me up to date on what's going on in the world. And I don't necessarily have time to go read something. So while I'm actually commuting, I'm listening to The Daily Podcast. All right. And how about and, and one more thing? I also love The Moth because it tells ah. you real stories about real people. Okay. Beautiful. All right. This one, this one could be a tough one, but what's a favorite moment that stood out for you? A favorite moment? I God, I'd have to say when my children were born. That moment will always stand out to me. But I really think what really stands out to me is when they were circumcised. That was tough. <laughs> we went there. Okay, beautiful, Barry. Well, on that note, we'll finish with the final four. What's something you've done differently in your life to stand out? God, I think something I've done differently is I really don't care much what other people think. Uh, you really can't shame me into doing anything else. I'm going to do what I think is right for me, my family, and my customer. Love it. All right. Now, if you were to get advice to someone about what makes someone stand out in business and in life, what would you say? I would say that the old expression, be yourself, everyone else is taken. Figure out how you're unique because you are and just communicate that on a daily basis. All right. Outstanding. And what about the best advice you've ever received? The, the, the best advice I ever received was it's cash flow, stupid, that every business is about cash. Every business goes out of business because of cash, and you got to focus on cash in your business or you won't be in it too long. Now that's the truth. And finally, Barry, how do you want to be remembered? 
God, I think I want to be remembered first as a uh, as a caring husband and uh, father, you know, to my children and my wife. And I think I want to be remembered as someone that at least made some difference to one person in this world with my time that I was here. No, that's brilliant. It only matters one person to make a difference. That's, right. that's outstanding. Excellent. Well, we've got the book, Small Business Hacks, 100 Shortcuts to Success, which is out in January. But Barry, how else can people learn about you and connect? Of course, you can go to www.barrymoltz.com, B-A-R-R-Y-M-O-L-T-Z.com. And if you sign up, you can get 25 ways to get your business unstuck for free. Well, there you have it, an action-packed business done differently. Check out Barry and check out his show, Business Insanity Talk Radio. Barry, thanks a lot for being on the show. Jesse, thanks for having me. Congratulations on your success. Thanks a lot. Today, we learned even more about how to think differently. Sometimes in life, professional is boring and weird wins. So thanks for listening. And remember, the world needs more people being different. So whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. Be different, stand out, have fun, and enjoy the show. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.